Almost 30 with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it Almost 30? Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. It's Lindsay, can you tell? <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes. It means the world to us. Thank you also for being a part of our secret Facebook group. It's growing every single day. The discussions we have just remind me that, whoa, I'm not alone. I'm feeling that way too, or I'm wondering the same damn thing. So thank you for being so open and so honest in that group. If you're not a part of the group, it's easy to find. Hop on Facebook, search Secret Almost 30 Podcast Group, and you will find us. Just ask to join and we'll approve you. All right, so let's get to it. This week is really special. We interview Lori Harder. Lori is so many things. Let's see. She is a expert in the fitness field, in transformational work, mindfulness, and self-love. She is a successful entrepreneur. She is a self-made millionaire, super successful, an author. She's actually working on her next book right now, a cover model, and three-time fitness world champion. Uh, Hello. And she is the founder of the Bliss Project, which I attended not too many months ago, probably about three months ago. And it's a retreat to empower women. It it creates a space for women to realize their full potential, the light inside of them, and the power of connecting with other women to lift them up, to inspire them, so that they can basically like be the CEO of their own life. It's incredible. I took away so much and I know you will take away so much from this interview. So please grab your notebooks. You might need to listen to it a couple times, to be honest. Lori is so open and so honest in this interview. We cannot thank her enough. And she she's super honest about how this path was not always easy and how these challenges have inspired her to really take control and ownership of her life. She battled anxiety and panic attacks. She battled body image issues, uh, whether she was dieting or binge eating. And, and we go into all of this and, and I'm just so in awe of how she took those challenging times and turned it into a unrelenting purpose. So let's just hop into this interview. I don't want to wait any longer. It is no accident that you stumbled upon this episode. So just be open. I think you will find what you're looking for. Enjoy, guys. All right, Lori, girl, it's Krista and Lindsay. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're so happy to talk to you today, Lori. I am. This is Krista. And we've actually never spoken in person, but I am a huge fan of Earn Your Happy. It's one of my favorites. So bravo to ah. you. You always bring the heat every week. I love how open you are. I love how honest you are. And it's just, everything's on point. So you are one of my favorites. Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, it's, it's always a learning process, right? Like every single week I'm like, oh, learning new things. Yeah, That's actually <laughs> one of the things I was talking to Lindsay about was how do you do that? So I want to go into your background and your story, but I was always wondering, you know, if you're doing self-help podcast every week, how do you, like, what information do you take and actually apply to your life? And how do you deal with all that influx of information and 
you know, I would just see myself going crazy with the self-help stuff. You know, it's, it's this weird, like once you do it for a while, I feel like I really have learned to, it's like the one thing will stick, right? It's like going to a big event and you get hours upon hours of all of this info. And now after so many years, it's like, if, if I get one thing, like if you can walk Mm -hmm. away with one thing, one nugget, one sentence that sticks out, one thing that like, you know, reframes everything for you, that's all you need. So really, I kind of look at everything, even if it's, you know, a book, like one idea out of the book, that's just really, there's going to be this one sticking point and it's all that you need right now. So what you need is going to stand out. It's going to be highlighted and all the rest can go to the wayside until you need it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually so specific in that moment. It's almost like you came there to receive that one thing. Mm-hmm. So totally. Yeah. Okay. So let's bring it back just a little bit. We would love for you to tell our listeners about your journey to where you are now, this fitness expert, you know, mindfulness and self-love guru, self-made millionaire, successful entrepreneur. Where was Lori in her early twenties, late teens? Oh my gosh. Okay. I always like when people do my bio, I'm like, what? It's so not me. It's so weird to even identify with that because I still, it's funny. I was just, I was writing my book today and I'm literally writing about eight year old me and I identify more with her than I do. <laughs> than I do now with 30, whatever I am now. So where was I in uh, 18 to 20? Well, um, I was raised in a really uh, strict religious background and while I would never trade it because it made me who I am now, it was was really limiting on what I was able to do. So as you can imagine, if I was raised in a very strict religion where I couldn't, you know, I wanted to dance, but I wasn't allowed to associate with people outside of my religion. The day I turned 18, I moved out of my house and tried everything <laughs> that I was not able to do before. So I really spent, <laughs> I mean? really spent, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, you name it, alcohol, drugs. I mean, any possible thing that I could get my hands on because it was a, just yeah, new. Yeah. It was a new experience. I wasn't allowed to do it before. You it was like, like crop tops. You just went oh crazy. <laughs> oh, got girl, your belly button pierced. <laughs> every tongue, belly button, ears, every Hell, like everything. Yes. Except for a tattoo that happened later, but really just spent those years going bonkers. And looking back, I remember there was such a call in my soul, even at a really young age, I knew that I was going to do big things, which is really funny because I'm sitting here going, I'm going to do big things while I'm, you know, Sunday through Monday, um, drinking forties out of a paper bag, like listening to rap music in my apartment, smoking cigarettes, like so crazy. And just thinking, I have this insane soul call. I want to help people so badly, but it's like, I had to go through this experience in order to learn it. And I had, I had quite a few different wake up calls throughout, but they didn't quite do it for me. I really spent a lot of my teens, you know, eight, 18 to basically like 21, 22, just doing all of that stuff, swinging from chandeliers, whatever you want to call it. But you know, my mid twenties is when I started to thank God fitness. I'm sure you guys can relate, but I really feel like fitness saved my life because I'd always been really interested in trying to get into peak physical shape. Because when I was younger, I used to beg my mom to buy me fitness magazines. Cause I was also kind of an overweight kid and my whole family was overweight. My mom has four sisters and they, you know, all struggle, um, with being overweight and just my entire life. That's all I heard is we have bad genetics 
genetics. Mm. Um, you're going to get fat when you get older. Literally, that's what I heard my entire mm. life. Just wait. It's coming for you. So I had this thing in my head that I was like, this is not going to happen to me. This can't be true. So I spent, you know, a good portion of my earlier teen years begging my mom for fitness magazines. Um, I used to do my older sister's workout VHS tapes and (laughs) was determined to prove that it was not my genetics. So as I got into my mid twenties, you know, I, I had the workout stuff going on, but I didn't quite have the nutrition because I really still liked beer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So once I figured that out, I had set myself up to make sure that I was going to um, stop the things that needed to be stopped in order to get that um, physical body that I wanted. So I set my I um, chose to do a fitness competition and I set the date and it was the perfect excuse to tell all of my drinking buddies that I couldn't drink anymore because that was tough. You know, you're going from this group of friends who all want to go out. Basically, they start calling you boring. You start losing mm-hmm. your friends. They're dropping like flies because you're not doing the same things that you were doing, even though you were so freaking miserable. So I made this excuse, set these set this fitness competition and started to do that. And really as my focus started to change and my nutrition started to change, I was getting this body that I thought that would, you know, it was going to make me happy. Once I got this said body, this fit body, this strong body that no one could touch me. And after that I'd be powerful and I'd have all the things that I wanted and everything would fall into place and come to find out I spend years chasing this body. And as I would get it, you know, I would get it for the competitions and I couldn't do anything. I was miserable. I was hardly eating. I was working out. I was treating my body like crap. And from there, it was like, you know, I'd have it for maybe these three days while you're at this fitness competition. And afterward, I would just go and eat and eat and eat and eat because, you know, you're not doing it the healthy way. That's the best part. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, So it was like this for about six years. Mm. So people would look at me and be like, Oh, you know, you have this great body while I'm, you know, this was like before social media. So I could kind of hide when it was off season. And it's like, you have this great body. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm miserable. And this is really when the mindset stuff started to come in is I got what I thought I wanted. I was achieving these things. I landed these magazine covers. Well, I landed, I wrote them 40 different times. I'm not even kidding you. It was like 40 different times that I was pitching these magazines and finally got it, (laughs) but ended up getting on these magazine covers, landed three national championship titles that has never been done before in one year in the fitness competition world. And I was the most upset, sad, lonely that I had ever been in my entire life. And that was the point that I said, this is, this can't be it. This can't be what it's all about. There's got to be more. And I really started to dive into the mindset portion and self-development and self-love and spirituality and really wanting to pay that forward because that's what it's all about is paying whatever gift that is or whatever story that you have forward to the people who need it. I love that. And it is interesting. So would you say that doing the, being in the fitness industry for that amount of time and getting all of those titles and really rising to the top and being at the top and from being at the top, you realize that this wasn't what you want. Do you think that was the turning point that really put you on the path that you are now? 
Uh, you know, there's a few, but definitely that was a really big one. During this time, I had also opened my own uh, training studio. I lived in Minneapolis, um, Minnesota, mm -hmm. and I opened my own training studio and I was having all of these amazing women come through my door, um, having regular clients. And I noticed that no matter how much we worked out, you know, some of them were regular clients, maybe four to five times a week, and we could work out nonstop. And yet the body wouldn't change if the mind didn't change or the beliefs didn't change, or if they didn't believe that they were worthy of their goal. And it's like, I started to notice that I had a gift with helping women see who they were, just basically helping them reprogram their brains. And this is when I thought, okay, my training sessions are turning more into like these mini uh, mindset whatever you want to call it. You almost feel like a therapist sometimes, you know, when you're a personal trainer or I hear yeah. a hairdresser, but that's really when I was like, wow, okay, there is no way I can even get them to where I want them to go if we don't work with their head. So that was when a lot of that started as well. And I think that for me experiencing it firsthand of what I really climbed the ladder and realized it was up against the wrong wall. That mm -hmm. was the other turning point. And I just really dove into uh, self-development after that. What has been, when you took that path to self-development, what has been your best investment? Like initially something that just kind of kickstarted everything, inspired you, lit that fire. Honestly, for me, it was something called Landmark Forum. So it was an yes, event. I've heard of the <laughs> And the reason that I went to that was uh, like, I had no idea these things existed. It was so random how it came about. So I had a ton of anxiety. This was something that my mom had my brother at, uh, I was 14 years old when my mom had a surprise baby and my brother and she ended up getting postpartum depression, which she got insane anxiety. And I remember watching her at 14 have this massive panic attack in the grocery store. She took the set of keys, threw it at me, and she's like, you're driving home. And I was like, sweet, I'm 14. I can't drive yet, but we're driving. Okay. <laughs> but I just, it was like this huge moment of, oh my God, what is going on? And she was having a meltdown. And then I watched it a few more times and I didn't understand what it was, yet I translated it in my brain as I must have this too. So I started to notice in my life, whether it was at school, when I would raise my hand, I would go into all like straight on sheer panic, like pass out, heart pounding, dizzy spells, like could not even hack it anymore. And it got so bad that I ended up homeschooling through high school, not only because of, you know, my religion, but I begged my parents to homeschool. And I was like, I can't, I can't breathe. I can't speak in front of people. It was so real to me. I felt like I was dying when I would have attention on me. So mm. that didn't help very much as I, you know, was turning 18 and needed to start to go out for job interviews and things like that. And it really started to get bad in my twenties. And when I was married to Chris, I got married at what was I 24 yeah. and I really wanted a better job. I knew that I had way more to give. And in order to do that, I knew I had to, I had to go and interview at all these different places. And the thought of the interview was so debilitating to me to go for a job that was a, a bit higher than what I felt I was worthy of. And someone at his job had said to him, they were like, you know, I know, cause he was talking about it one day about, you know, my, my panic attacks and all these different things. And 
this guy, this random guy at work was like, she should go to landmark forum. Mm -hmm. They deal with all these different life issues. And I really think this would help her. And Chris came home and told me about it. And I was like, okay, I've never heard of it. Like I have no idea what this is about. And, um, I ended up calling this landmark forum place that you could, you know, just ask questions. And they were like, yeah, I think that, I think this would really help. Well, come to find out, I go for three days. It is like so crazy. Like people, it just is three days of hardcore self-development, hearing about all sorts of different um, issues and people's, people's issues. And you're just basically reframing and getting such different perspective that it completely rocked my world and changed my life and just put everything. Like I really learned the moments that I had shifted and started thinking of what was causing all these different things. Now I still, to this day, get some anxiety, but I, now I have the tools to really deal with whatever's coming up, but it is something that still comes up for me. So anyway, I'm like a forever student of personal development of life, of spirituality, whatever you want to call it, just because I believe that, you know, if we're not progressing, if we're not evolving, that we're not happy. I love that. I agree. What would, so knowing what you know now, what we do you say to twenties, Lori, who is, you know, anxious and, and, um, unable to deal with what she was feeling at the time? You know, all I would say is keep going, just go through it, Mm -hmm. go through it, like run straight towards it because there, I just heard this awesome, this great quote. It's, it's, um, there's no glory except straight through your story. And it's so true because your story is just that thing that is going to make everything so awesome later on. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it. I love that. And right. I remember when I first started hearing about you, Lindsay told me about your goal setting process and a little bit about what you and Chris do. I'd love to, for you to share with our audience about how you set goals. First of all, why goals are important, how you set goals, um, and what you do to stay motivated as you seek to achieve them. Oh man. I think that we are always setting goals and, and our, our process, you know, it's funny because every single January we kind of go through like this reset every year. And a lot of people, we've done this for about, I'm trying to think, maybe it's been seven years now. So instead of going out on New Year's, we do vision boarding. But with that, it's just like this whole refresh of looking at the last year and really celebrating everything that we've accomplished and not just being like, yeah, we did this, this and this, but feeling it and being so proud of what you've evolved into and celebrating each other and just really toasting to the last year and then looking at what you can do this year and just setting your sights on, you know, we tend to strive, we tend to shoot really, really high. It's funny because we looked at our vision boards and we tend to be about three years. It's like our boards from three years ago are happening now. So we're like three years behind, but that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters. It's like, finally, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so incredible. I keep all my boards because I'm like, you can't be serious. This is so awesome. Do you do that Um, with magazines, Lori? Do you like cut out with magazines or how exactly do you do it? I do magazines and writing. So I'll get some like, I I get like gold Sharpies or things like that. And I write the words out or I'll take a picture that reminds me of something. I'll write it next to it. So maybe I'll only have like five or eight pictures on there, but you know, then it's like with words or goals or money goals or, or whatever it is that's written out on there. So for me, cause I'm just like, I, I love words. Words are my jam. So words are the thing for me. So whatever works for you, if you're more visual, 
you know, that's the way to go. But this was so exciting this year because it was the first year that I had nothing around my body. Like it was like nothing. I was just, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't put anything about my body on there. That's so exciting because I really know that when you are full in all of these other areas that the body is like such a, you want to fuel your body to keep up with all of these other amazing things that you're doing in the world. And that was really exciting for me. So anyway, the goal setting process, that's pretty much what we do is we go in the different categories. We, you know, spirituality, um, relationships, business, self-development, making sure that we have coaches, things like that. So Every year we also join a, a different coaching program. We need, maybe we need more marketing this year. That's kind of what we're going towards. So we joined a mastermind that was really focused on up-leveling and marketing and getting us around the people that we need to be around in order to grow into the people that we want and get Mm -hmm. to our goals. So for me, I am writing a book right now and my goal is to have it be a New York times bestseller. So I am in a mastermind with people who have New York times bestsellers who know the marketing strategies behind that, who really know what's going to help propel you to that area. Because I ha- even though in the beginning, I don't necessarily feel like I belong in that room. Sometimes mm-hmm. I know that it's the one that I have to be in. And I also know everybody feels that way. So it's just beautiful all around, but that's the goal setting process for us. There's a few things that go into it. Like I said, the vision boarding, and then just making sure that we are enrolled in something that is scary. That's going to up level us. Mm-hmm. I love that. And just quickly on that, how do you, cause I often feel like that, that I don't belong in a room or I think a lot of women have that conversation with themselves when they're trying to, they're trying to get to a place, but they don't have the mental mindset that allows them to be in that room. What, what's the conversation that you have to tell yourself you know, I belong in this room with New York Times bestsellers. Like, how do you really get yourself prepped for something like that? Well, I remember that at the foundation of all of us, we are all just human. We are all Mm. just human beings. And the way to be an interesting human being is to be the most human version of yourself and to be interested. Mm. Like all people want at the end of the day is to feel like people care about them. Mm -hmm. So if you can make someone feel awesome, if you can be interested in people and if you can just be the most authentic human version of yourself, because we all meet there. It's when you walk into the room thinking that you need to be someone that you are not, that people can't relate to you. They can't relate to the struggle because you're hiding it. They can't relate to you feeling awkward and nervous because you're trying to hide it. You, they can't, they can't relate to you because they're feeling that same exact way because they are human as well. You know, I just went to, um, super soul sessions yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, so good. So- freaking rad. Oh my God. I'm like still high. Um, (laughs) so, you know, and I'm looking because my goal this next year is to be on different stages like that. So I was looking at them and it can get really, you know, you can either choose to go to that place of, Oh my God, I could never be worthy of being on that stage with all of those epic people. Or you can look at it and really break it down and say, what is making that, what is making me relate to them right now? Like, why am I loving this person? And honestly, there were so many awesome speakers yesterday. Let's see, there was Tony Robbins. There was uh, Glennon Milton Doyle. Yeah, I have that right. I believe Glennon Doyle Milton. There we go. Oprah, big O, love her. (laughs) Freaking love her. And then Gabrielle Bernstein, Reverend John Gray, let's see, Gary Zukov. I think it's Zukov. Yeah, Zukov. Yeah, like so good. amazing people. Mm. And I will tell you that the 
thing that they all did. Everyone was different, right? Some were super quiet and very mellow and they just delivered completely authentically them. And some were really animated and just over the top and And you can find yourself comparing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But I will say that speakers at that level, the one thing that they all do is they just deliver their story authentically. Mm -hmm. They go to that place. They go back to that place of where they were at their, whether it was their lowest point or the point where they were truly up leveling or the point where they thought it wasn't going to get better or, you know, just that rock bottom and they actually allow themselves to go there. So I really found that, you know, in order for us to connect on a human level, whether it's a a room that we walk into that we're freaked out about or a stage that we're about to get on that we feel we don't belong on there. It's just being you and letting yourself truly show through, like go to that place, go back there, be authentic, feel the feelings, share the feelings. Because what happens is we tell our story from the people that we think we should be, or the people that we think people want to hear from. And we can't relate to that person because all of us can relate to the real authentic version of the, you know, when we were just at the crap, like rock bottom portion of our lives. And I really just felt like yesterday seeing them authentically deliver gave me such freedom to remember Mm. I'm not them. I'm going to deliver in my own way. I'm going to tell my own story. I'm going to go back to that place and remember the feelings and share the feelings and connect to humans at a human level. And that's all that we can ever do because I don't really know if we're ever going to feel smart enough or we're ever going to feel good enough or we're ever going to feel worthy enough. But, you know, you are going to have your story that is so, so powerful. And that's what's meant to be shared. I love that so much. So what would you say, I know going back to your goals you set for the year, I'm sure that you're the type two to kind of put into practice new habits as well. Has there any been, been anything that you've been putting into practice lately that has really changed the game for you? Mm. Well, I'm writing right now. So mm. that is like such totally. a crazy challenging experience for me because I love to be, I love hate to be busy, right? I'm really good at making myself busy mm. to avoid the, I don't even know, like the sitting for long periods of time, sitting with sitting with my story. I think that's what I'm avoiding is like, I don't want to keep going back to that place because I feel, wow, I just totally figured it out. Thanks for this. Okay. It's therapy session for me right now. Yes. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Like, damn, you you can figure out. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think it's, I'm literally avoiding going back to telling, going to the place where I have to feel certain parts of my story. And that's not a really fun place because some of the things uh, that happened, I'm sure you guys can imagine if you had to go back there and sit there, you know, and sit in the pain and remember what the pain was telling you and remember what the pain did for you and write about it. You have to write through it, right? The only way for me to get through it is to write through it. And I know that. And I think that's why this is so challenging right now to continue to sit down, continue to sit down and know that I have to just get this out. So that's been really challenging is making it a habit 
to sit down and write because everyone's like, oh, you write when you're inspired. No, you don't write when you're inspired because you're inspired maybe like once a week to write. Your book is going to take 25 years. <laughs> so you have to set times like I'm becoming a master of my schedule. I'll tell you that's what I'm implementing this year is becoming such a master of my schedule that I'm actually hiring different coaches to make sure that I'm getting things done in order for me to really be on top of what I need to be on top of with these timelines, because it's not about doing it when inspiration strikes. It's about starting and letting inspiration come through. I love that. And so you're the coaches that you have. I know in the podcast actually I listened to today that I loved, you talk about coaches. I want, and I actually just started getting coaches this year and I'm kind of starting to notice the benefits of, but I'd love for you to talk to our audience about coaches, why coaches are important. Because I feel like in this day and age, because everything's so digital, you can go to YouTube or you can go online and kind of feel like you're getting things that a coach would give you, but you're not really getting the full coaching experience. So I'd love for you to talk about your co why coaches are important and what coaches you have right now. Well, at the end of the day, it's just answering to people mm -hmm. for sure. It's just creating a connection with somebody and feeling like you are accountable to them because you can go online all day long, but they're not going to come back at you and be like, Hey, did you get that done? Tell me about the experience. How did it feel? What do you have? I, I want to hear about it. So really for me right now, I have a Ted talk coming up on May 27th. So if you want to come, let me know. So I, I've never done a Ted talk. I have no idea. Even if you've done a talk before, you've never done a Ted talk, right? It's 20 minutes of really amazing information all at once. And I don't know the timeline of where I should be with it. I don't really know how many times I should be practicing it to feel good. Now I'm sure I could figure it out, but I would rather not when there's coaches out there who literally coach people for TED Talks. So why not make your life so much easier? Go through it with somebody because that's another thing, you guys. Like, why are we struggling alone and making this painful when it could actually be fun? I remember hearing a uh, Brene Brown was writing a book and she was like, why am I making this like such a miserable experience? Like this is something that's creative that could actually be fun telling my story. So she invited three of her, I think it was three of her friends, two or three of her friends to like this cabin or home away from home. And they spent the weekend like just having this epic girls weekend as she spoke her book out and one of her friends wrote it all down. And they said it was like one of the best experiences ever. So we are choosing to stay in a struggle that we don't have to stay in if we would just take those first steps of reaching out for help because nothing is ever done alone. So I have a coach for TED Talk. I have a coach for learning to play guitar. Chris and I just started up our dance lessons again. And mm -hmm. I can't even believe I'm doing all I've of this. I've been tracking that on uh, Instagram. <laughs> story, Lori. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. What kind of dance? <laughs> we did ballroom dance for like three years. So we're doing it again. Did you oh compete when you were ballroom dancing? We did. We did. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. I need you guys to are like, video. cool, let's pick up a hobby and then be the best at it. <laughs> you know what? I need Well, I learned really quickly on that. If you don't set a date, you don't really force yourself to get better and it's really easy to quit. Yo, so I so learned true. that from, That's you know, so fitness competition. So I secretly totally signed up for this competition without Chris <gasps> knowing. And, and I'm like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this dance contest. Oh, and he's like a dance Wait, contest. I'm like, yeah. And you need to order a onesie. Um, <laughs> like you're going to wear a banana hammock. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's like, what? And I'm like, Oh, and you need high heeled shoes basically. Yeah. Um, 
Here's a wig. Put it on. He's so good about it, though. Like, oh, my God. But he actually really ended up enjoying it because it was just it's he's also really creative and he's so good with the learning process. Like he's Mm -hmm. great with steps. So actually that translated really well into dance. He just remembers steps in life, in business, and it translated into dance as well. So, yeah, it ended up being a really fun thing that we did together. And when I say fun, uh, it was fun sometimes. Mm. uh, But we also I remember there were so many car rides on the way home where we'd be just quiet for like five, 10 minutes when we first get in, cause we'd be so pissed at each other. Cause it was like, I was blaming him for my suck ass dance moves and he was blaming me. So <laughs> it's That's been amazing. fun. <laughs> I just wanted to shift a little bit um, into our last questions for you. So I, I attended your bliss project this year, which I was so grateful to be a part of. I took away so much from that weekend. You truly have a gift. You are completely tapped into what women need creatively, emotionally, physically, spiritually to get unstuck and moving forward. And I was, I was speechless most of the weekend. I was just kind of taking it in. You know, I couldn't really find words in the moment, but these women were so touched and so inspired and empowered leaving that weekend. So you should be so proud. But the Bliss Project is a place for women to go to create, you know, massive change. What would you say to our our listeners who are feeling stuck, maybe emotionally, spiritually, creatively? Is there any shifts they can uh, or moves they can make today to get that energy flowing forward? Mm. First of all, I loved having you there. It's so it was amazing. amazing. It, was, Truly, it was, I mean, uh, yeah, thank you. So amazing to look out and, and see, you know, these women who impact my life all the time to see their faces and, you know, feel supported and just, it's, it's the most beautiful thing to all start coming together like that. And that leads into the answer is we need to come together. We mm. can't do this alone. Mm. So if you feel weak, if you feel stuck it's most likely because you think you have to do this alone. You think you have to carry the burden on your own. You think that what you have gone through has never happened to anyone. You think that the shame that you carry is so awful that it can't be shared. And the thing is, is that that story that you have is played out in every single one of us. And when we share our stories, they lose their power. I get if you're not ready to share your story yet, or, you know, that one thing or whatever it is. But when we come together, we become very aware that these things that we're hiding are getting fuel, right? They're just absolutely getting fuel because we're, you can't, you know, the darkness can't live in the light. So when we go and step in the light, it's like the sun just shines in that area and it can't stay bleak. You can't stay stuck there. You can't stay alone. So I would say the first thing is number one, find a tribe. Number two, you know, anyone, anything, start going to a fitness class, start having conversations with people, just start trying to connect with people at a bit of a deeper level. Number two, I would say do anything that you can to seek a strong spirituality practice, whatever you believe, if it's God, source, Buddha, whatever you want to call it. Actually, that's number one. Let's flip flop that. Mm. So (laughs) that would be number one, because one of my favorite quotes is you feel weak when you're relying on your own strength. Mm. So it's all about knowing that there is no such thing as part-time faith. If you are in fear 
it means that we are choosing when we want to be in faith and when we are not. So it's like, oh, faith feels really great over here. But about this, uh, uh-uh, I'm not supported. He doesn't have my back. So it's remembering it's all of the time. It's all happening for you. So the stronger practice you can get, I mean, I can't go one day without it. I feel it. I can't go one day without prayer and meditation, sitting in silence at least for a little bit, because I feel like I am walking around and the world can be a scary place if you don't connect in. When you connect in, you feel safe, supported, you know, and you know you're not doing it on your own and you can really strengthen that and you'll be able to start to start to kind of navigate and hear where you should go. And if you, if that doesn't make sense to you yet, just give it time because it didn't make sense to me at first either, but just start there. That would be the best place. I love that. That was beautiful. And then as the last question, what are you excited about in 2017? Ah, what am I excited about? I'm really, you know, what's so cool is this year I've become excited about finding bliss in the everyday, like Mm -hmm. in the just meh, in, in, in the, in my workouts, in the just waking up, like I'm really learning to find bliss in the gap in between. And I'm so excited about that. But I also, it's like everything else is a bonus. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. about my book. Like, yes, it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. But if for any reason it's not, like, that's cool too. I'm just detaching from outcomes and realizing that we may not have tomorrow. So you better love today. So I'm really learning to get present with everything. Like sit with every freaking meal you have and be so grateful for how awesome it is and just love every almond milk latte that you can get your hands on in every single conversation because it might you know you just we never know when is when is your ted talk again and where can people find it once it is live it is let's see it is oh sorry it's at um ah uc irvine and it's may 27th and it'll be up on the ted site sometime after i'm sure in june so i'm really excited do you know the topic Lori? i I don't I'm not totally sure yet. I'm dabbling, but I have a a three hour uh, thing called the dig on Tuesday. Whoa. So, girl, I don't so even you're know. You're gonna dig. You're gonna, gonna dig for three answers. Oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing. Oh, that's another. That was the coach that I had hired. They're like, okay, it's three hours. It's called the dig. We're gonna go through your whole life. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> like, am I gonna cry? <laughs> oh, she, I'm going to cry. It's I'm, a guarantee. That's it, just I've like been guaranteed. It's part of the par for the course. They're like, okay, so this yes. is an hour. You cry for the hour, then we right. have lunch, <laughs> exactly. and then we dig, and then we cry during lunch. It's exactly. Great. We cry when we eat. It's amazing. <laughs> So that's happening. (laughs) Oh, well, we appreciate you taking the time so much. We know you are so busy, but we've been admiring you from afar for so long. And it's just um, such a privilege to have you on Mm -hmm. Almost 30. And we know our listeners are going to be filled to the brim. Mm -hmm. And we would love to have you on after you release your book, New York Times bestseller. That would be awesome. And you guys, thank you so much. I love that you're doing this because there cannot be enough of us out there and Lindsay and and Krista, Lindsay, you know that I see you twice a week and you're freaking amazing and you you completely rock my world more than you'll probably ever know. So I just want to thank you both for doing what you do. Love that. We're so happy to have you and you're such an inspiration. So thank you so damn much. (laughs) Thank you guys. All right, girl. We love you. We will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Lori. Okay. Awesome. Bye-bye.